Well, hey there. It is Haley Crusher Kane, and this is Crusher Talk number two, where I ramble at you about random things happening in the Crusherverse. And some things happening in reality, too. Crusherverse and reality. Um, I'm a little brain dead today, so forgive me if I'm a little more bumbling than normal. Um, we had quite an eventful weekend. Um, Dr. Kane and I traveled down to Los Angeles to do some recording at Kitten Robot Studios. Um, Friday, we had the good fortune of camping on Highway 1 in Malibu at Thornhill Broom Campground, uh, Point Magoo um, National Park. Uh, living in California, there are several beautiful, epic um, camping spots that are just kind of hard to get. You kind of have to do it like, you know, six months in advance, a year in advance. Um, there's some spots up in Big Sur on Highway 1 up north that are like that. And living in California, it's like you you kind of get in those spots every once in a while when somebody books some event or big occasion or perhaps you have a big occasion, so you decide you're going to make a big to-do and um, book one of these epic campgrounds. So um, I did not book this campground. This was my friend Leslie's friend booked it. That guy got COVID, decided not to go, but the campground was still available. So we ended up going, uh, meeting um, my friend Leslie and her boyfriend Brian at the campsite. Had a little bonfire. They had a little tent and we just slept in the van and it was great. It was right on the water, um, on the sand rather. Um, not, not much surf. Uh, we were a little bit South of where the surf break was, but luckily Reed got to do some surfing in at Refugio state beach, um, down by Goleta, um, near Santa Barbara that happened, um, on Friday too. So he got a little surfing in before we ended up in Malibu. Um, but it was nice. It was just a nice way to well, normally when you go down to record or when I go down to record, I try to be really careful and there's not a lot of drinking. There's nothing that could uh, affect my voice. So I'm drinking a lot of water and being around a campfire is probably not the best thing for your voice because as much as you try, you know, you're still kind of outside in the, the, the cold at night with a um, a fire and the smoke and all that, but I, I don't think it affected it too much. Um, I definitely do still smell like campfire though. My hair smells like campfire, but I refuse to wash it. Just drinking my tea here. Mm. Have a little London fog. If you don't know what that is, it's, um, black tea with, um, honey and I do a little oat milk, frothy oat milk, and you could add a little vanilla in there. So yeah, we did the camping, and then on Saturday morning, we had our brunch with Kitten Robot Records, um, that crew uh, in Echo Park. We met at this cool little spot called Ladybird Cafe. It was cool. E each little table kind of has its own atrium. So you kind of sit in these little atrium things, which felt very... I don't know. It was very, very California, but the, the atriums did heat up quite a bit. So we were definitely getting some steam in there. <laughs> Luckily, everybody is vaccinated and doing fine. Um, the group consisted of Paul Rossler, producer Paul Rossler, uh, Bruce Duff, the amazing 
label cat herder extraordinaire. Gina, who is doing accounting and all sorts of important things for the label. Um, me, <laughs> Dr. Kane, and of course, Josie Cotton, who I had not met. And it was so funny, you know, when you Zoom with people or you talk with people on the internet, it's like, sometimes you really do feel like you know them. And I really feel like we had already had this really great rapport. And we, we both agreed that it just kind of felt like we had known each other forever. She is such a interesting, engaging person. And she's I think part of what makes someone interesting and engaging is being interested and engage, engage Ed. <laughs> um, she's interested in the world and, and what other people are up to and all different kinds of music and ways of thinking and um, very gung-ho about putting together, you know, music videos in a collaborative, you know, DIY kind of way, and it, much in the same way we are. So there's always some fun stuff to talk about with her. And she's got lots of interesting projects and a tour coming up right now, actually, she's going to be on tour. So if I, I, you guys are all over the place, so I would just say, look up josiecotton.com um, and just see what her tour dates are. I know she's going to the Midwest and she'll be in Chicago and Minnesota and a couple other places. So that was fun. We just had a little breakfast and then went straight into the studio and we had booked two days with Paul um, to get some vocals done for these three songs and quickly realized, you know, one day was enough. We, we really got it all done in one day, which, um, was quite nice actually, because it meant that the, the, the following day I was able to go to the Melrose, um, flea market with my gal pal, Leslie, and go, you know, look at all the weird clothes and gawk at all the mom jeans it's so fun. Every time we go to LA, just the fashions of the youth just get weirder and weirder. It just becomes more and more like an episode of Full House or um, Saved by the Bell. And it's great. It's great people watching. It's it's great fun. Um, and it also allowed a day for Paul to actually do some mixing. So um, it's not bad. Not a bad idea to get stuff done early and then have mixing happen because you know, once you, once you take a break on that and he's got a lot of other bands he's working with, it's kind of hard to get back into it. So he had everything kind of fresh with all the backing vocals and the sort of orchestration that we had been thinking about. And he's got ideas for different pieces, little organ things here and there, little keys, little organ, little, little harmonies and such. And so he was able to just kind of dive in there on Sunday. So that went pretty well. Uh, he did, speaking of harmonies, um, he he really believed in me with the harmony thing. I'm not a trained singer, never have been, actually had no desire to sing. My only desire has really been to write um, and play guitar and to do that in front of people. And the singing really came later when I discovered punk rock and the fact that you didn't have to be a great singer. Um, never really sang in choir, wasn't a drama kid. Uh, actually, I was talking to Josie about this at, at brunch because she is such an incredible singer. She has such a bag of tricks she can pull from and she's got this amazing range and is, has full command of her instrument, so to speak, her vocal instrument. And um, I really don't feel like that at all. Um, I feel, I mean, I, I feel uh, the be the best I've ever felt about singing, but it was a long journey in terms of getting up on stage and 
playing these little country shows. I, I first started being a singer in a band when I joined um, Dr. Kane's first band, Red Eye Junction, the country band, and getting up on stage and singing, you know, duets and singing solos and stuff. And that was really scary and new. And I had to kind of learn by doing. And then with the Crushers, this was the first band that I was the lead singer in. So in Magazine Dirty, I was just a backing person who I, you know, I do a little backing thing here and there. So, so, so harmonies is not something, it's just very intimidating for me. Um, in fact, when I was in a bluegrass band, I was, I sang with this, I think this is the issue. I keep singing with all these amazing people. Um, this amazing woman, Caitlin, who is a trained singer and could really pull out these little harmonies here and there and just had such a incredible ability to hear a note in his, in her head and just pull it out and not have to think about exactly, Oh, what, what was that note again? You know, she could hear it and sing it and deliver it. And man, I, that, that, that was never really something I could do. And so this in the studio this time, you know, Paul's been pretty good about pushing me to the point where I can grow a little and then kind of poking me like, you could do this. Don't you say you can't do this. You could do it. You know, that kind of thing where you're like, no, I can't do it. And they, you know, kind of push you to do it. This is what good partnerships and collaborations will do, right? They kind of call you on your bullshit a little bit. So I um, was able to, long story short, I was able to successfully hit some harmonies and do some harmonies that he said there was no way I could have done him last session. So he seems to think that I am growing exponentially per, you know, from session to session. I don't know if that's true, but I have to say I appreciate the confidence and the encouragement. <laughs> um, I think uh, in punk rock, there's a, an idea of utilitarian, you know, there's a utilitarianism in terms of, well, you sing what you, what you need to sing and what you can sing and what needs to happen. And you don't necessarily need to, reach super high above whatever your your level is you know you think about bands like the germs or even like the band like the damned which is like a phenomenal and important you know punk band that you know looking back now it's like the granddaddy of, of punk rock but if you listen to those records there's a lot of weird missed opportunities there's a lot of like sour notes and um interesting vocal decisions and I mean, if I mean, really, I, you could talk about any, you know, early punk band and and that's definitely the truth. Um, so the idea of uh, pushing to to reach for something, it it's, feels like it's a kind of in a different realm and not a bad not a bad thing. I think um, learning to be a more competent singer is always helpful. So I'm just rambling now. But um, I've just been enjoying that and just really focusing on the vocals, drinking a lot of water. If anyone out there is, you know, just starting out with this stuff, drink so much water. I mean, I drink water in between takes. So I, I bring a giant jug in there in the studio and I between every take, basically, I'm chugging water. And um, that helps a lot. I feel like I need a lot of hydration. And you want to drink water way before you go in the studio, too, at least like a day before um, you can't just chug it right before you have to really get hydrated from the inside out. And then the honey and tea thing is important, but lately I haven't been needing it. I think I'm just singing. Ugh, sounds so stupid. I've been singing from my diaphragm more, <laughs> not from my throat. So 
there you have it. There's some boring um, how the sausage is made talk. Um, we also, so we got home on Sunday night and I had scheduled a music video shoot for Monday, knowing full well that we would be very tired. Um, we're about four hours drive from LA, so it's not that big of a drive, but it's still kind of tiring to, you know, and it, it is tiring to, it's a little, you know, sleeping in the van is great. It's not difficult by any means, but it's just a little, it takes a little bit out of you, you know, you got to park and there's just certain things about it that can be a little tiresome sometimes. And so when we get home from kind of a van trip, it's kind of like unpack and haul everything out and um, try to get some sleep. And I knew that we were going to be a little cranky um, for the shoot um, yesterday. And we were cranky, but we dragged our asses there. Um, we filmed at a local market um, called Lincoln Market in San Luis Obispo. I love that we're kind of continuing this journey of just tapping random businesses that we think are cool, you know, like uh, it's kind of a cool idea. Cause I think now when we, we are like, Hey, we want to do a video in your market They're They kind of have a context for who we are and what we do. Cause we've done it so often. And, um, you know, for instance, we do, we've done some photo shoots at Frank's famous chili dogs. Um, let me take a sip of this. And, um, you know, we post those photos all the time. We love Frank's famous chili dogs. And, and they're always like, thank you so much. You know, if you want to have free food, like, you know, they know that we're not posting it to get anything out of it, but that we just really enjoy the aesthetic and the food. And so who, what business doesn't want that? It's kind of like a free, free advertisement, but I hope we didn't <laughs> get too chaotic in the store. Um, the owners were not there. They think they were very gracious to trust us with the shop and we treated it with the utmost respect. However, um, the song itself is a little bit more punk than the things we've done in the past. So we're, we're kind of thrashing around this convenience store and <laughs> we have to film another scene for it next Sunday Got to get uh, Ben, action Ben Cabriana out to do the drums, the drum portion um, on all of us playing together, of course. So that's going to be coming out soon. Got to get that edited. Um, just stopped by my friend Curtis's house. He's a great videographer and um, friend of mine. I was in a band magazine dirty with him for several years and we're lucky he lives just, you know, down the road and... Um, I, I stopped by and uh, gave him the hard drive, and he, he gave me all the um, the files and stuff, and we were just kind of talking about how it's so cool that really all you need really is a good location or just a interesting location, a good camera, which he has a fantastic fancy camera, but you could use your iPhone, and just the will to do it. Because we were looking at the footage. I'm like, did we just get that all in like one hour last night? You know? <laughs> and um, he actually rigged up a kind of a cool thing. Um, he used a selfie stick with the phone and then kind of hooked it. We, we You kind of hold it while you're playing, quote unquote, playing the guitar or bass. You hold it with your your left hand, the hand that's holding the neck. And so that the selfie stick is sort of hidden behind the neck of the, the guitar. And it kind of gives you a GoPro-like thing. And I thought that was really ingenious and something I hadn't even thought to do, but it, it gives a really cool perspective. And so just stuff like that, you know, 
the more people are involved with the Crusherverse, I feel like the better it gets because we just, people just come with such cool ideas and stuff that we would never think of. And, you know, we're all limited and have our own little ideas of how things should be. So it's, it's always fun right after a video because whatever I planned the video to be, it's always 10 times better or just 10 times more, you know, just different than I would think it would be. So that's always exciting. Um, I did talk last Crusher talk about how we can look at the different people um, in terms of who puts away shopping carts and why and divide them, you know, divide our entire world into these different personality types, um, which and I'm, you know, I'm being trying to be cute there. Of course, that's not really true, but um, it's been funny to hear some responses um, I'm gonna look for this text message my stepdad sent me that I thought was kind of cool about that topic. Um, let's see. Okay, here, here's what he says. Um, he says, when I was a kid in high school, maybe my freshman year, my mom used to drop us off at a store called Gemco, Gemco on the weekends. We would collect shopping carts and turn them in at the front desk of the store and they would give us one drawing ticket for each cart. Then at the end of the month, they'd have a drawing and someone would win a free bicycle. Uh, he says, I think it was a 10-speed bike. Anyway, uh, he says, I must have returned a couple thousand carts over the course of the summer. Never won a bike. But I still return carts when I'm done with them. If you think about it, it was a great idea and more stores should do stuff like that. I agree. Isn't that cool? It also kind of encourages a sense of community, communal responsibility, and um, what's the word? Just sort of like, um, yeah, like a sense of community uh, among kids to, to say, or civic, civic engagement almost, as if this parking lot is your parking lot. You know, we're all part of it. And if we all do our part, we can make the world a better place. And I think that is fantastic and would love to see that encouraged. Um, maybe you, anyone out there with kids, you could just tell your kids this is true and encourage them to do this. And then, um, you know, you could create an elaborate kind of hoax and maybe reward them with some sort of lesser prize um, at some point or a bike <laughs> or, or just uh, keep keep it going, you know, uh, keep keep. Keep this going. I mean, I just want to see this happening somewhere. This is just a really cute idea. I love it so much. Um, well, that's a positive note to end on, I suppose. Read uh, Dr. Kane. Um, his only critique for my last Crusher talk was that it was way too long, to which I was like, I listen to podcasts all the time. I don't think it's that long. But considering the amount of brain cells I have in my head today and my ability to like form a complete sentence and spin a real yarn uh, probably is best to quit while I'm ahead. So with that, I'm wishing you all a wonderful week, a fantastic week. Um, I will talk with you next time. All right. Toodaloo.